Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, happy Monday to all of you out there on this very special day as we remember Dr. Martin Luther King. I want to tell you that my guest today is Jonathan Masolinas and Jonathan is the president of Empowered Publicity, and he's also the host of the Children's Books Spotlight series. And today we are going to be focusing on how to connect to your inner child. Welcome to the show, Jonathan. Marcia, it's a pleasure to join you and a pleasure to join all of your listeners. Thank you very much for the opportunity to share this beautiful and timely message with all of you today. I really appreciate it. I do as well. So why don't we start? I just love, Jonathan, I love starting my show off this way. I like to know, who are you? We're going to certainly be talking about our subject together, which was, which is how to reconnect to your inner child. But before we do that, could you just share a little bit about yourself for, for the listeners and myself to get to know you just a little bit better? Absolutely. If uh if you would have asked me, even I'd say 10 years ago, you know, me doing the work that I'm doing now as a, as a publicist for inspirational, spiritual, and children's authors, and especially the latter, children are very much a very deep part of my life purpose. I really feel that they are in my entire life purpose to, to a very large extent. If you would have told me 10 years ago that this would have been the route that I would have been going down, I would have said that you were crazy. <laughs> growing uh-huh. up, I had actually wanted to be a sportscaster growing up. I'd actually wanted to be the next Chris Berman, a la at ESPN. Uh, oh, shortly yeah. thereafter, I, I, I began a near 25, 30-year love affair with the world of professional wrestling and sports and entertainment, you know, Vince McMahon's WWE sort of thing. And <laughs> I and it was it, it was it was a beautiful journey in in many respects. It felt like it was kind of like two different lifestyles, so to speak. And you know, I think that one of the things that we'll, we'll kind of dive deeper into uh, during the course of our conversation today is that you know sometimes there's your plan, and then there's God's plan. And it's a really cool feeling when the two of them match and when the two of them align. But sometimes, a lot of times actually, you know mm-hmm. what you know what what the big man upstairs has for us is different than what we could even imagine. So just, it, it's been, it's been such a magical journey. It's been, it's been a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful healing experience in the process. And I really credit a lot of where I currently am preparing to move out to the San Diego La Jolla area with a lifelong vision of opening up the children's hospice. I'm stepping fully into my life purpose right now. And I can really credit a lot of, of all of this, which again, we'll, We'll share a little bit more so when it comes to reconnecting with and healing my inner child. That's that's why this is such a purposeful show. Let me just ask you, just because I I'm curious. Um, right now you're in Florida, is that right? But you're going to be coming out to my to my coast. You're going to be coming to the West Coast from the East Coast. Is that correct? In Buffalo, New York, to be precise. Oh, you're in New York. Not, not, you're not Florida. <laughs> yep. That's somebody. Yep. That got you mixed up with someone else. But were you Were you born and raised in New York? Is that where Were you called home? Born and raised, yes. Buffalo, uh, interestingly enough, is actually in. I know in our in our conversation that we had prior to to our our on air discussion today, I had mentioned how Buffalo is called the city of good neighbors. And I kind of smile on that because of my deep affinity that I have to Mr. Rogers and Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, how that's played a large instrumental role in terms of my own healing, Mr. Rogers coming back into my life over the course of the past two years. So I kind of smile on the fact that Buffalo is known as the city of good neighbors. It's not just a, a cheesy marketing slogan or expression. It really is It really is what it is. You know, if, if you need a, a can of soup, if you need a shirt off your back, if you need someone to help you shovel your snow in, you know, in Buffalo, there's some snow every now and again. You'll have <laughs> someone to be able to help you with all three of those things. Well, I hope that you will find 
that when you come to this side of the country that you will find those good neighbors as well. Jonathan, I've lived in the community that I, I'm in, in Westchester, but not Westchester, New York, Westchester, which is a community inside the bigger city of Los Angeles, just about my Correct. entire life. And I don't know where I would be without my neighbors. My neighbors are such an important part of my life, and I hope that, first of all, the purpose of why you're coming to San Diego is really phenomenal, but I hope that you will find that the spirit that you have in Buffalo will follow you to the West Coast, to the San Diego area, and that you will find that that same, I, I feel like I'm like touching my heart, but that you will find that same sense of fellowship and good neighbors when you you move here. But take us back um, to your childhood, and what made you happy? It's a really good question, and it, it, it's interesting that we're kind of discussing this because very rarely over the past, I'd say, you know, 15 to 20 years, would anyone take the time to, to ask that question, and very rarely would I be comfortable in even talking about that. I mm. share that because I think that many of us during our life, that there's points in our journey where we, quote unquote, we didn't want them to happen. You know, sometimes we'll just try to erase them from the record, right? You know, pretend that, that a certain chapter of our life didn't happen. And one of the things that I tend to believe now more so than ever is, is that when you look at the whole experience of life, you look at your childhood, you look at your teenage years, you look at your young adult years, you know, shortly after you turn to, I mean, you, you, can, you can look at your whole life and it reflects and it weaves together like a divine tapestry, 100%. And when you take the time to release judgment and anger and all of those sorts of lower level emotions and feelings that we tend to, to harbor towards either certain people in our life or certain relationships in our life, especially even ourselves, when we release mm -hmm. all of that, that's when we're, we're, we we're able to have this springing forward effect, kind of like a slingshot where we're starting to not only enjoy life that much easier and much more efficiently, but you're able to get to your next destination that much more efficiently as well too. So this, this ties so beautifully into our conversation about reconnecting with your inner child because, you know, just some of the things that may seem like small potatoes, so to speak, or that people might just say, oh, hey, you know, cute thing. You know, growing up, I used to listen to records. I like to classify myself as an old soul. One of the things that, that I had growing up, and I think that, you know, many of your listeners who are probably around the same age as I, or even if they're a little older and maybe they have children already as of right now, is they used to have those little suitcase record players for kids. I think mm -hmm. Fisher Price made them, other companies made them, right? So as like mm -hmm. a five, six, seven year old, eight, nine, ten, et cetera, et cetera, I would be listening to records such as Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA, We Are the World, Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation eighteen fourteen, Dire Straits Money for Nothing, <laughs> Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer, uh, or Peter Gabriel's So I should say. So it's a very, it was a very eclectic musical collection for someone who was, you know, five, six, seven, eight, et cetera, and so forth. But I felt such at peace. Cindy Lauper's another big one, actually. Huge Cindy Lauper mm -hmm. fan back in the day. But doing that brought so much peace and so much joy into my life. On a little bit of a different spectrum, there was, you know, watching professional wrestling and sports and entertainment. You know, this is around the time where, you know, Hulk Hogan was very big shortly thereafter, Bret the Hitman Hart. And one of the things about professional wrestling is, is that it provided a cathartic effect for me. So no matter what was going on in my life during that particular point in time, if it was, you know, maybe some, you know, some family challenges that I was having or maybe some sorts of, you know, um, you know, friends, friends you know, relationships that maybe were dissolving in the process. I was able to go to that. I was able to go to the world of professional wrestling and it was, it was the constant. So one of the things that I was very used to was consistency growing up. And that kind of carried on into my adult years. My love of professional wrestling actually led me, you know, I going into, uh, you know, going into high school and going into to college, as I mentioned, I wanted to be a sportscaster. I was given an opportunity by uh, one of my former friends and colleagues, Michael Kerwin, to actually do a wrestling radio show at the college that I attended here in the Buffalo, New York area. 
the station WBNY was part of Buffalo State College, which is part of the uh, State University of New York school system. And every Monday, they had a block of programming called All Talk Monday. So this is around the spring of 2003. This is before Facebook and Twitter and MySpace and any sort of social media platforms that were in the process, right? So I was able to parlay all of that, you know, that 20 you know, that 20 years or so of watching professional wrestling at the time into what was a wrestling radio show. Now, little did I know that that two plus years on the show would turn into one of the first ever podcasts that was created in 2004 and one of the most successful wrestling radio shows that's ever been out there in the process. And I was I was very fortunate because several of the major wrestling promotions opened up around the same particular point in time, two of them specifically Ring of Honor and TNA Impact Wrestling. And I was able to have many relationships that grew at that particular point in time. But I bring this particular thing up, Marsh, actually, because looking back on that experience with Monday Night Mayhem, it 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 was an adult version of my childhood to a certain extent. But there were several beautiful things that happened. One beautiful relationship, especially, I was introduced to the folks at Women's and Children's Hospital of Buffalo, now the Oshai Children's Hospital in Buffalo, where I reside. They opened up a brand new hospital, I believe, a little over a little over a year or two years ago. And I was one of the things that I did through my wrestling radio show, and I've continued to do in other respects, is I would bring in people to visit the kids at the child life department of Oshai Children's Hospital and the then Women and Children's Hospital. So I would bring in, you know, the professional wrestlers from the from the wrestling companies. They'd have the big gold belts on their on their mm-hmm. on their shoulders and they put it on the kids' waist or the kids' shoulders. And it was it was such a beautiful thing to 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 see how in essence other children were healing as the result of these sorts of experiences, which was fantastic. But the thing is, Marcia, I wasn't at that point where I was still allowing my inner child to receive. There was a there was a patterning that was in place beforehand how I always wanted other people to be happy. I wanted other people to experience joy and blessings and miracles. But there was a storyline that I was telling myself at the time that said, I'm not worthy. Hmm. Or that or that these sorts of experiences are fleeting right? That they can only happen for a brief glimmer of time, right? So I'm I'm so glad that in the process that, you know, I I took the time several years ago to actually open up that space, to reconnect back with my inner child, to be able to purchase an adult version of a little suitcase record player and kind of uh, recapture some of the magic with some of the same records that I had growing up some different ones as well, too. This is also how, you know, growing up, I, I had an affinity for, you know, certain sorts of television programs. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was on the list, but I, I, I began to resonate with it even more as an adult. So it's just so fascinating how a little over two years ago, shortly before the Won't You Be My Neighbor documentary came out on Mr. Rogers, I was asking for a gentle masculine role model in my life who embodied authenticity, integrity, compassion, and respect and self-love because I was really needing it at that particular point in time. So this, you know, one of the things that we'll kind of, you know, go further into is, is that when you reconnect to your inner child, it's something that's not just a one-time experience. It's something that you begin to do. It's something that you begin to open yourself up more to and then it just becomes a part of your daily practice where it's kind of like a non-negotiable thing. So I give credit to the world of professional wrestling and, and listening to the records growing up because those things, which again, may seem like small potatoes, really helped me out on both a short-term perspective and a long-term scale as well. Well, it's very interesting. Um, I don't know your age, but I but my kids are 45 and soon to be 43. And trust me, wrestling was definitely part of television <laughs> when those kids were growing up and those songs yep. and those singers that you just suggested absolutely that was that was back in the days when there was DVRs 
what were some of the challenges and difficulties that you that you experienced in your childhood, and how were you able to overcome them? It's a, it's a really powerful question. Um, I was at a point growing up where I would tend to blame people. Now, one of the one of the biggest inspirations that I've had in my life is is that of Dr. Wayne Dyer, right? And oh, yeah. and I was introduced to, to his work shortly before my grandmother made her transition, which is really when things began to to shift for me in the summer of, of 2013. And he helped me open my mind up to releasing judgment and blame of other people. So it's very easy if we're having an experience or a series of experiences that we're not happy, we're not pleasant with, we can blame other people. So for a long period of time, you know, I would blame my family, you know, because of the, because of the situations that we were in or, you know, maybe because of things that I was going through. Little did I know that in certain respects, I'm, I'm a firm believer that we choose our parents before we come here because they teach us what it is that we need to know while we're here. Sometimes our, our parents and our earth family, as I like to refer to it as, they are our greatest teachers. And, 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 and they come to us in different sorts of forms and disguises, so to speak, to help us with soul growth, to learn, <clears throat> to learn what it is that we need to know in the process. So there was, there was many challenges and difficulties that I had experienced growing up between, you know, uh, you know, financial difficulties that my family was experiencing. There was a history my, my family had believed in in different sorts of things. And this goes back, you know, many generations, I feel that there are certain belief systems that our families carry, such as we can only have a certain level of health, or we can only have a certain level of financial abundance, or, you know, we're not worthy of success, or only certain people can achieve certain things in life. So a lot of those storylines were in place. Now, I give credit, I give a lot of credit to my family because they did the best that they, that they could with the knowledge, the tools, the skills, and the love that they had. They were just doing what it is that they could do. And, and it got to a point, and this was more or less in my adult years, where I actually realized that whereas before it was just like, you know, shame on you and how dare is this happening and so on and so forth. So, you know, at the same point in time, I, I can also look back and say that, you know, I was allowing what would be the perceived negative experiences to, to overthrow and to cast out what were the positive experiences. I remember, you know, times where my father would take me uh, to the batting cages. My father and my mother would take me to the batting cages when I would be playing, you know, t-ball or baseball. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there were times where, you know, I would have, you know, wrestling pay-per-view parties and I would invite my friends on over. And so those sorts of experiences that I had, the positive ones, they definitely helped to kind of, you know, counterbalance the negative ones. But how was I able to overcome them? It's, it's interesting because it took me time. It took me a lot of time. It took me a lot of patience and it took, it took a lot of understanding to be able to overcome those sorts of experiences. Normally things I feel are a little bit different now where if we're moving through a perceived challenge or difficulty or an obstacle, we can overcome it pretty quickly because I feel that right now as a collective society, we're doing our part to open ourselves up to our guidance, connect to our intuition, follow our heart, tune out the noise. Whereas before that was a little bit different, right? So challenges and difficulties that I was moving through, let's say at the age of, you know, nine or 10 or things along the lines of that, you know, I might not have been able to actually overcome it until years or even decades afterwards. You know, one of the experiences I'll briefly share, I know that had a little bit of an impact on me is my, my parents went through a separation between when I was uh, just shortly after when I graduated eighth grade to when I went to freshman year of high school. And that's a very impressionable age for someone, right? You know, whether you be a boy or a girl, you know, boy Mm -hmm. turning into a man, girl turning into a woman, it's a very impressionable age. And one of the storylines, I think this also comes to mind, there was a storyline that I believed in, and that was there's something wrong with me. Now, Mm -hmm. if, 
if you're listening to this interview, feel free to raise your hand if either you're moving <laughs> through that right now or that was an old storyline that you believed in beforehand. So what happens is, is that when you believe these sorts of things about yourself, at least I feel that you attract those sorts of experiences and people for you to be able to believe whatever it is that you're believing, right? Right. But looking back on all of this, in hindsight, one of the things that I'm extremely grateful for is there has been what I like to call earth angels placed along my path, whether it be friendships, whether it be, um, you know, healers that I've worked with, whether it just be simple exchanges with people that I may have had one fleeting interaction with. I really feel when I made the commitment to myself eight years ago to be able to transform my life in a lot of ways and really begin to write a new story for myself instead of just seeing myself as the story of my life, that's when things be began to shift and when different people began coming into my life. And life, it took some time, but it began to become more enjoyable in the process. But looking back on all this, Marsha, I wouldn't change a thing. And I think, I think it's very important to actually mention this because this ties in to what I'd mentioned beforehand about, you know, if we want certain things to not happen in our life, you know, why did this happen? Why did this happen? It really cheats us out of the full experience. It cheats us out of the full experience. So I'm very glad that I didn't give up. I'm very glad that I didn't throw in the towel because right now, some of the greatest moments and memories of my entire life are just beginning to happen. So I'm grateful for those challenges, some of which that I had shared with you here today. Well, I think I don't think there's anyone listening that can't relate to parts of what you said, which is why I do these shows every week and why you do your shows every week, and that is that if we take our our life experiences and we share what binds us together as humans, whether our story was similar, my my life childhood story is nothing like yours. But what I can do is I can appreciate what you're saying, and I can understand when you talk about earth angels. And I think that when you start to recognize, particularly for you and for others, what the value is in reconnecting to our inner child. I had a very help, happy household, but I was that short kid. I was that kid that had the buck teeth. I had a maiden name that at times caused me a great deal of embarrassment. My maiden I can name relate to that part. Is, is burger. When I was a child, burger bits, dog food, had just come onto the market. I was still in elementary school. I would just cringe every semester when you would sit in, 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 in your classroom in alpha order, because that's how they organized things back in the dark ages, and it would be time for them to call roll. And I was like, oh, God, here it comes. And then there it would be. And then there'd be all this snickering, and it would be like, oh, God, I wish I could just hide under this table. Now, fortunately for me, I did overcome that. But frankly, until you and I were just now having this conversation about inner child and what plays, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, my name is hard. My my married name, Waiteka, is awful. Oftentimes, a difficult name for people to say, especially when they see how it's spelled. But hey, I suppose you have that same problem, John. But you know, it's it's just the names we get, so that's how we do it. But I know that we're going to suddenly, oh my God, run out of time, and I want to really get to some of the the meat and potatoes of of what I want people to know about you. And so, I guess what I would say is. How did your life begin to change after you began began to reconnect to your inner child? What what happened that you could spotlight for us? The first thing that comes to mind was it was a process. I want to assure all of your listeners that it's not just like turning on a light switch and it's not like a Disney movie, at least not not right off the bat, you know. It's mm -hmm. um I I've I learned that you have to let go of the beliefs and the storylines of what you don't want to allow what you do want 
for your life, your heart's desires to come to form and shape. I think that that's a very important thing to be able to share in the process. Um, I credit a lot of where I am right now to children's books mm-hmm. because it's it's so interesting how in the publicity work that I do at Empowered Publicity, people might just, you know, look and say, okay, well, hey, you know, you help out children's authors. That's such a cool niche, right? And yes, there's truth to that, but children's books, I tend to feel that the answer to any of our problems that we have as adults are more than likely found in the course of a children's book. And that children's books are actually disguised as children's books, but they're meant for, you know, us big kids, us adults, mm-hmm. right? As as adults, we tend to have all of these sorts of, you know, things like taking life way too seriously, right? We have to take out the, you know, take out the garbage and cook the dinner and, you know, do the dishes and file the taxes. And like, we, we have all this serious stuff that we have to do, right? But... You know, when we take the time and, 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 and give ourselves those moments, such as in the form of reading a children's book, you open your heart up, you open your heart up to, to more lighthearted energy in the process. You open yourself up to the simplicity of life. Shortly before I, I, I should say simultaneously around the same time that I was doing publicity work, this is around about three, four years ago. I think it was probably four years ago now, actually. I had what I, what I call a divine assignment that was given to me, actually, for a summer where I was a part-time after-school teacher in the Buffalo Ooh. area for one summer. And I was very resistant. Now, one might think, you know, looking back now, it's like, you're resistant to being with kids? The answer was yes. Because, you know, number one, I was actually afraid of my life's purpose. But number two, like, it was kind of like, you know, I was – I was I was resisting why they were why they were there was just resisting the whole darn thing. The kids were helping me to remind myself of several different things. Number one, don't take life way too seriously. Number two, play, play, P-L-A-Y. Give yourself time to breathe. Give yourself some time to just stop doing things and to be more. And thus you can be more in the doing. And to just, you know, fully begin to reconnect with that side of myself, to reconnect Mm -hmm. with my inner child. And I feel what began to happen shortly thereafter over time is that there was this bridge that was built. There was a bridge that was built from my inner child to the man that I was becoming. So again, these sorts of things may just seem like little small things. As, as I, I think that we're that, that we might be trying to crack a world record for the number of times that we're using the word potatoes in the course of in the course of an interview. <laughs> we use the word potatoes like you know four or five times today in the process. But life began to be more enjoyable. Life began to be what I had always envisioned life could be, but I felt it was just so far off in the distance. Right. You know, many of us, whether we're a parent, we're a caregiver, we work with children or just we watch them growing up. We, we all resonate with the Disney magic, whether you're watching Winnie the Pooh or watching Aladdin and things along the lines of that. And, you know, maybe like when you're watching Cinderella and you can say, man, you know, if only I could just, you know, have that Prince Charming walk into my life. Right. right. Or, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, or if you're of the masculine persuasion, man, you know, I just, I just wish that Jasmine would just show up. Right. <laughs> you, you have to be able to allow yourself to experience those things. You have to be able to open up the space for all of that. Because again, you know, I want to be respectful of your listeners that might be going through very challenging times right now that might just not want to hear any of this. They might say, you know, what can reconnecting with my inner child do? How can reconnecting with my inner child help me to pay the electric bill that's 60 days past due, right? So it takes, it takes time. The, the, the only, I think one of the main things that, that I encourage all of your listeners here today is to suspend disbelief. Wayne Dyer, through many of his books, his PBS specials, would always say, if you resonate with 100% of what I share – Go for it. If you take away from this conversation and from this interview 60%, fantastic. If it's 30%, that's great. Just discard the rest, right? Because there is something, no matter what your faith is, no matter what your ethnicity is, no matter what your background is, 
there is something to all of this, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to our inner child, because we all have that, that little inner Marsha, that inner mm-hmm. Jonathan that still lies within us. And if we continue to do what we did before, push down our feelings, suppress our emotions, just neglect ourselves. When we're neglecting ourselves, we're actually neglecting our inner child. When we continue to do that, our inner child's gonna gonna be kicking and screaming in some way, shape, or form. It may come out in the form of just a small temper tantrum. It may show up in the form of illness, sickness, or disease. Yes, I, I would say that's true. And I I would say that if someone was listening, because we're really, while this is a beautiful conversation between the two of us and how I wish, you know, I know you do yours, um, a video. I'm, I'm sorry that we aren't able to see one another. But if someone is listening and wanted to connect to their inner child, where's the best place to start? How does somebody begin this process? It could seem overwhelming. It could seem daunting. I've learned in life that the things that you, uh, it's it's long since been said that life begins on the other side of your comfort zone. Right. Interesting. So with the so so with the question that you asked, it might be very easy to say, "Nope, not going to do it," or "Yeah, you know, maybe I'm open to it, but I'm going to start doing it in a couple of months." You know, like at the Mm -hmm. the very beginning of the new year, many of us have these quote-unquote New Year's resolutions. And, you know, they might stick for two weeks or three weeks, and then they might dissolve after a while. You get to a point where, as there's a very famous uh, boxer, I think it might have been in the late 80s or the early 90s. His name was Roberto Duran. And during Mm -hmm. one of his fights, I believe he screamed out the phrase, no mas, which Mm -hmm. means no more. Mm -hmm. So you get your soul and your inner child, if you're kind of like a collective effort, get to a point where they say no more. I know for me, that came around 2015, where I was given a perceived diagnosis of testicular cancer. Oh, my goodness. It was even God's way of saying, listen, you can start to love yourself. Now, I could have went in kicking and screaming and, you know, going back and saying, well, you know, I could have, you know, blamed the feminine, all of my disempowering relationships that I had with the feminine over the years. And I could have continued to blame all all of that. I could have fought kicking and screaming. I could have asked myself, what is this trying to teach me? What am I meant to learn from this? Because I do believe that when you learn what it is that you're meant to learn from a specific instance, what could be described as a challenge, a difficulty, an obstacle, a problem. When you learn the lesson, you never have to experience something like that ever again. So it's important. It's so important to be open, to just open up that door and say, I'm open to this. Suspend disbelief and say, all right, if I start to work on this, What's the best that could happen? We always had a tendency previously to focus on what's the worst that could happen. We were focused on the different things that could go wrong. And lo and behold, maybe, you know, every now and again, we would, we would, we would, we would manifest it. We would actually co-create what it is that we don't want to happen. Now, again, I feel that we're starting to get a little bit more hip to the trend, so to speak, and that's not happening for many of us right now. But but even if a person is moving through that in this particular instance, to go back, close your eyes, to go back to the time where where you felt that you initially disconnected from your inner child. You might not have to necessarily get to a specific exact moment in time, even if it's a an age range, if you remember, okay, well, it was in, you know, fifth grade when blah, 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 and such and such happened. Try Mm -hmm. to tune in, tune out of the noise and tune into your heart. I like that. Tune out of the noise and tune into your heart and get very clear because you can, you can really have a communication with your inner child. Ask yourself, what is it that you need in this moment? If you're just looking for something very simplistic to begin, ask yourself, even if you're not you know, going to dive deep and say, you know, you know, what happened when I was in fifth grade, right? Ask mm-hmm. yourself, what is it that you need in this moment? What is it that I can do to help you right now? 
the answer in some way, shape, or form is probably going to be love. Your inner uh, child may want a special, a special meal cooked for him or her. Your inner child may want a special song played for him or her, maybe to watch Aladdin or to watch Cinderella, right? And just take that one experience, take that one engagement, and just see what happens. And keep track of that. Keep track of how you are feeling over the course of, you know, a few days. Because I guarantee you, I guarantee you that there is something to this, right? Can I necessarily say, well, this is going to be the end result. Different strokes for different folks as the expression goes. Right. It's a matter of how open that you are to this particular thing about, you know, reconnecting with your inner child and then allowing yourself to continue to do this on a regular basis because this is something, as I mentioned, you, you just can't try once and say, hey, it was great. I mean, you could easily do that, but it's something that becomes a part of your regular practice if you allow it, if you are committed to that. Uh, uh, one of the words that you and I spoke about uh, earlier before we started our show um, seems to be just an, a very important word to me. Words really matter a great deal to me. And one of the words that just resonates so strongly for for me right now is intention. I must say mindfulness, stillness, yoga practicing, yoga breathing, all of those things have the, even the word practice. I'm I'm I I seem to be talking about yoga with almost every guest that I have every week and certainly with with many of my friends when they recognize that I appear and seem and present myself to be calmer than I used to be. I'm a type I'm a type A person. And when I when people talk about yoga or mindfulness or stillness, it usually also includes the word practice. And I never really understood the value of that term because you, as a child, you might have practiced the piano or you might have practiced, you know, playing your sports. But yoga is definitely a practice and intentions is definitely something that we practice to 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 help us with our inner child. I would guess that that's, you know, I mean, I just described to you sort of the awkwardness and embarrassment of my last name. You know, my brother still wears it. He was a school teacher. That's his last name. That's my niece and nephew's last name. I mean, it's not like the name went away when I got married. It's still a part of who I was until I got married at the age of 21. So it certainly isn't a name I want to discount. But it, it is interesting to, to recognize how that made me feel. And, and how that translates maybe to who I am today in other aspects of my life. And mm. you've, you've given us a – and I think that's true, and I've become very introspective. I think that happens when you start becoming mindful. You almost can't avoid it if you're going to be serious about this. And and when you talk about our, our, our inner child and perhaps the wounds that are around them, Clearly, what us feminine fem, feminine people want to do is we want to mother that inner child and say, "Oh, honey, let me fix that for you," because the last thing I want you to do is be hurt or wounded, because I'm your mom and I I want to fix this for you. So how do I help you? And honestly, it makes me think about my mother my mothering um um behavior with my children because my son and daughter couldn't be more opposite. They are just my son is very similar to me. My daughter is very similar to my husband, and um, and even to the grandparents. There's a there's a lineage of behavior between my mother-in-law, my husband, and my daughter, and my father-in-law, and my son, and myself. Very similar personalities, and um, it, it's just very interesting. It's thought-provoking, and I think that's what I've enjoyed hearing from you. And I, I'm I'm taking notes because I, I really do. You've said some, as my father would say, some very pearls of wisdom, and I want to make mm. sure that I I do. That was that was one of his that was one of my dad's favorite lines, of pearls of wisdom. 
okay, Jonathan, my father also said to me, because I've been talking since I've been walking, my father used to also say to me, engage your gears before you engage your mouth. I don't think that was particularly <laughs> loving, but that, but it was a message. You know, like if you could just think before you talked sometimes, maybe you wouldn't have said that Martha, Martha, Martin Luther King died 39 years ago when what you meant to say he was 39 when he died. But, oh, well, I make mistakes. So let's go because I, I, I know one of the things I said in um, promoting this show was that you were going to give us five simple ways to reconnect to our inner child. And I was just wondering, and I know maybe you've even covered some of that already, but could, if yeah. you did, could you, could you repeat that so that I can really grasp those five what you call simple ways? I'd like to hear them again. Sure, yeah, these are, these are in no specific order. Uh, okay. The, the first one, and again, I think that some of them I actually might have kind of covered a little bit, but we'll, but we'll kind of you know do our part to you know have things come full circle. Number okay. one is to is to open up that space, open up that space in your mind, open up that space in your heart, open up that space in your gut. We we, we really have three brains, as I like to classify. We've got you know we, we we've, we've got you know we've got you know the one you know top of our head, right? We've got one in mm-hmm. our heart. And we've got mm-hmm. one, one in our, in, in our, in our gut, right? You know, the infamous mm-hmm. expression, trust your gut. Yeah. So it's important to have this space of openness. You cannot reconnect with your inner child unless you are open to receive. You cannot receive anything in life, you know, love from, you know, a, you know, from your, from your life partner, financial and abundance, next level of health and wellness. You can't, receive that if you're not open. Mm-hmm. And so that may even be one of the most important of the five that and there is, yes. and just as an FYI, like there, there are more than five, you know, there okay. is, you know, <laughs> so I, you know, these, these ones that I'm sharing are just really, you know, um, you know, uh, scraping the surface, so to speak. The second okay. one is, pl- the second one is play. Yes. Again, you know, this is that. this is for all of the for all the entrepreneurs that are listening to the program or, you know, the people that are, you know, punching the nine to fives or, you know, the people that have, you know, that laundry list of responsibilities where it's like their day is scripted out from 6 a.m. in the morning until, you know, 11 o'clock at night. It's just right. like every 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 minute is spoken for. Right. Mm-hmm. Give yourself that time to play. Give yourself that time. I know, you know, one of the things for myself, and I know this, this may seem a little quirky to a certain extent, but since the Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers biopic, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood came out, I've seen the film five times, oh my including at the, at, at, at the Toronto International Film Festival for the film's oh, world fun. premiere. I'm actually going to be seeing it a sixth time this week. Before it's actually, you know, done and wrapped up at the theater. So play can look like different things. You know, play can be, you know, listening to music. Play can be just going outside and, you know, you know, going for a walk or, you know, running around. Play can be, you know, sitting down and watching your favorite animated cartoon, that you, whether it be the Smurfs when you were growing up or Bugs <laughs> Bunny, right? Whatever, whatever. Oh, Popeye play was and, mine. And it, <laughs> oh, that's so and, funny. And, and if you are, if you are a mother or a father currently right now, ask your child if it's okay for you to play with them. If you're wondering yes. where do I begin, where do I start, you know, children are our greatest teachers in many different respects. So, of course, you, you know, honor, honor their space because they might just want to have some alone time by themselves. But if they're saying, sure, Mom, you can play with me. Sure, Dad, mm-hmm. you can play with me. They can help to be able to open up that space. Children, I feel, are, are, are tremendous healers in the process as well. So it's, that's the second thing that comes to mind. Another, another aligned one is the word breathe. And I oh, feel that gosh. this is important in different sorts of categories beyond just reconnecting with your inner child because when you are opening up that space, and you're mm-hmm. kind of moving through some uncomfortable feelings. Let's say anger comes up. Let's say sadness comes up. Let's mm-hmm. say judgment comes up. Mr. Rogers, during many of his episodes of The Neighborhood, he, he sung a song that said, what do you do with the mad that you feel? 
And it was talked mm-hmm. about in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. It was also shown in, his, in the uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor documentary. So Mr. Rogers provided children. He still does, you know, from the other side, as I like to classify it as, you know, he was very instrumental in helping our little ones to be able to express their emotions and feel their feelings. So I feel that those that's actually a third and a fourth technically to a certain extent. Both of these blend together. The third is breathe. The, the fourth is allow yourself to express in, in a healthy yeah. fashion, a constructive fashion, expressing your emotions and feeling your feelings. So, so far without we've covered judgment, without judgment, right? Yes. Yes. That's yes. a key without component. Judgment, Without judgment, full observance, so we have, and this is, again, in no specific order. We probably could order Uh these if we wanted to, but opening up the space, play, breathing, expressing your emotions, and feeling your feelings from a Mm -hmm. healthy perspective without judgment. And then the fifth thing that actually comes to mind is journaling your progress. Oh, yes. Sometimes I, I feel that as, Sometimes we're, we're we're sometimes people are more visual learners, and if you know, if That's we can me. see something, if someone points something out to us, right? If something points something out to us and says, you know, here's where you were before, and here's where you are right now. I'm actually staring here in my office. I've got a stack of old journals, one of the very few things that I've actually kept from several years ago. And I may actually even do this. I may just you know just you know later tonight. You know, as part of my evening practice, I may just open up one of the journals and just read one entry from three years ago, four years ago, and just see how far you've come, mm-hmm. because that provides much needed. Um, I, I, I think I think this this might be a Jewish term or a Polish term or maybe both, but the term chutzpah, right? Oh chutzpah. yes, yes it is. It's both, <laughs> and, it, and and it can provide you with with much needed encouragement if you're feeling down and and much needed support to help you spring forward. And I'm actually going to mention one other one. So I guess technically we're getting six here today. Let's go for a bonus. The sixth one is, is is having a support system through this process. It can be such as simple as having, you know, your best friend. It can be, Mm -hmm. you know, three people, I feel that we're doing our part now to keep things lean, that we're understanding that less is more. We're going with quality over quantity. So you don't necessarily have to have, you know, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the entire uh, capacity of, uh, of Levi stadium out in San Francisco. We use a Super Bowl reference to keep this interview even more timely. You don't need to have the number of people that can fill Levi stadium to capacity to, to help you along your path. You can have three people, right? You know, you can have the quarterback, you can have the ticket taker, and you can have the usher. You can take those three people. I'm just, again, keeping it real with the, with the whole football analogy. You can have three <laughs> people that you're close to to support you along this path. You know, I know that, you know, growing up for myself, you know, I used, I used to talk to myself. I still kind of do because mm-hmm. it's, you know, very, very reassuring. You know, it's, it's you know, sometimes like it's, it's we're, we're actually coaching ourselves, you know, especially if we're moving through something, if we're triggered, if we're challenged, you know, we're, we're already in our body so we can do that right away. But it's so important to have that external support while at the same point in time, it's no longer needing the validation that we needed before. Beforehand, I right. felt that we needed the external validation to just like prop us up. We're propping mm-hmm. ourselves up now. Our heart, our intuition, our inner child, our soul, our higher self, we're all propping ourselves up. We are, we, are, we are all keeping ourselves, all parts of us are keeping ourselves aligned. We don't need the external validation in the way in which we did before. Simultaneously, it's still important to be able to have that support in the external form. So those are just a smorgasbord. I'll use a Swedish yes. term. A smorgasbord <laughs> of of the ways to be able to reconnect with your inner child and have it be a long lasting thing. I, I think what what I I'm a visual person as you mentioned, and so I see things when I hear words. And one of the things that I would add to what you've said that I see is that we need to be our own cheerleaders. We 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 need to say we need to give ourselves that attaboy. That was really good. 
we need to be able to encourage ourselves, whether we do it internally when we just maybe hear those words or we write them in the journal, or when you just look in the mirror in the morning and you've just finished brushing your teeth and you go, wow, this is going to be a great day. You've got this. I mean, no. really. Is it, I, I, I just... I just think we have we have um, a way. I have a way of doing my shows where I'm somewhat prepared to know what I want to ask. That is such an understatement of what I want to ask my guests. And you were so clear about saying to me, Marsha, we're going to just let this rip. And if we don't get to these questions that that we thought we would get to, it's not really going to matter because whatever we do talk about has significance. And I, I couldn't, I could not agree with you more about that. And I think that that's what, what keeping this real is so, so valuable about. It's interesting. Some of the life, the life experiences you had. I still have a Hulk Hogan sitting in my son's old bedroom. You know, they used to, you know, <laughs> I used to have those, those movable, those. Those I don't know what you call. We, there was a name for those things where you had all those action figures. That's what it was. Yep. Action figures. Yep. I I I have a Hulk Hogan action figure in his bedroom still. It's probably next to the Millennium Falcon somewhere. But you know, I think that what you're saying is so important. And I realize that you have this spotlight um, on children's books, which I think is important. I also want to right now just spell your name for people that might be listening because it's not an easy name to necessarily remember but but before I even do that I would also recommend that people can find out more about you on your website and it's very simple it's just empoweredpublicity.com and I'll make sure that I include that in the follow up Jonathan so that people can find you there but they can find your spotlight series they can find all kinds of things about you and I really do encourage people as they listen to my show each week to take advantage of what my guests have to offer because there really is a tremendous amount of content and I want to ask you a question that I think is so appropriate um Um, based on the conversation that you and I have had this afternoon, and that is knowing what you know today, what advice would you give your younger self? One of the first things that that comes to mind is is that there's there's no reason to beat the – I'll I'll, I'll, I'll use a a G-rated term or PG term – to beat the crap out of yourself Mm -hmm. because I – you know, many of us are uh, had a tendency to be so hard on ourselves, so hard on ourselves, and that we would be our worst critics, right? You know that we want things to come out just perfectly, right? You know, I had a, you know, through through my years of you know going back to my time at Monday Night Mayhem, the wrestling radio show that I did through So Luminous Radio, which was the health wellness spiritually led and inspirationally based radio show and podcast that I did. That's how I first met, you know, people such as Wayne Dyer's family, Jack Canfield, Anita Morjani, oh, the New wow. York Times bestselling author of Dying to Be Me, all the way to, to, to my work in Empowered Publicity with the Children's Book Spotlight series and the Shining Star series. You know, I've done interviews for over 20 years. I share this because there was a part of me way back in the day where I would want the interview to be perfect, the perfect length. Mm-hmm. We cover the perfect things. We get blah, blah, blah. And, and it's just like, there's no need to be hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. No reason to expect perfection. One of the expressions that I really resonate with is that we're all works of art, yet we're works in progress. Yes. And to really enjoy, I think the second thing that comes to mind is to enjoy the entire experience. Uh, in my old office, I have a picture that I got, uh, I should say, uh, a, you call it really a piece of artwork that I actually got from the Hallmark store. And it's Dorothy, the Toto, the Tin Mm -hmm. Man, the Cowardly Lion, and the Scarecrow. And they're at the beginning of the Yellow Brick Road, and they're looking at the Emerald City, and they're wondering, how are they going to get there? And on the upper left-hand corner, it says, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Right. Right? So for myself, you know, 
there was a there was a part of my life where I just you know I wanted to get out to, to San Diego. It's like La Jolla right now, gotta happen right now. And what I was actually doing was pressing the fast forward button for all of us who are old enough to you know remember VCRs, <laughs> right? Right. You know we press the fast forward button just to get to the really good parts, right? And to just enjoy the whole experience, because again, you know, if you're, if you're pressing the fast forward button on your life, you're cheating yourself of some treasured memories and moments. Yeah. So it's, it, and I think that the, the final thing that comes to mind is to really celebrate, celebrate how far that you've come there. Were, I mean, the fact that I'm still alive, that I have my freedom, that I'm in a space of a beautiful space of self-love, compassion, the fact that I feel that I've stepped into the deepest level of integrity and authenticity in my life, which now reflects in all of my relationships, which I'm extremely grateful for, to celebrate how far that you've come and, and, and to thus be grateful for the person that you are and the person that you're becoming. Gratitude's very big with me, and it sounds like gratitude's very big with you, Marsha. It is. I, I must say, I, I, I do, I do feel gratitude. Well, honestly, Jonathan, in a way that I didn't, I didn't even really identify. I didn't really recognize that that's what I was feeling. And as I said, words do matter, and they are powerful. And when you start, you're, when you start changing the vocabulary, uh, there's a lot of chatter that goes on upstairs in my head. And when I can start to change the channel. From uh, uh, my daughter, sometimes we learn some of the most valuable lessons from our children. And yes, most do. recently, my daughter said to me, "Stop it!" I, I, mean, I was saying, "Guy, that was so. I can't believe I'm so stupid that I did that." She said, "Stop it! Would you say that to me? Then why would you say that to yourself? Stop it! You do not need to criticize yourself. You don't criticize others." I thought, whoa, you know, she was mm-hmm. her father. That 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 sounds like something my husband would have said. Um, it's, it's powerful what we can learn from our children and and recognize if you're willing, because that is a key component, isn't it? You have to be willing to want to look at that inner child, to want to look at who you are today. And to, if you decide that making a difference for somebody is important, like Dr. King, or your next-door neighbor, or the principal at your school, or your colleague at work, or your person at the YMCA, if there are people that resonate, that, that share something that you think, wow, this is really, this is wonderful, I want to I take that in and I want to feel it, I want to feel it. I just don't want to hear it. I want to feel it. I think that it's it's so important and it sounds like what you've got coming up and in the in the few minutes that we have remaining, I really want to hear just can you just tell us a little bit more about what you are ex- hope to experience in La Jolla when you come when you come here. When are you planning on coming this way or is it too soon to say at this point? No, I, I, I'm very happy to, to share that. It's either going to be happening during the uh, during the midsummer or at the very end of the summer. I'm feeling it's going to be either around like the very beginning and the very beginning, the middle of July, or like the very end of September. So within that sort of within that sort of time frame, I I it's interesting because I, I can sum it up by saying this: I had a a beautiful feminine that came into my life many years ago, and she said. Where you currently resided, being in Buffalo, was your place of refuge, kind of like fleeing a war-torn country was almost the analogy that she was using. She said, when you get out to California, your next residence will be your sanctuary. And I'm starting to believe right now that I've opened the space to create my inner sanctuary, which will be reflecting, which is now beginning to be reflecting in my external realm. And that also includes the work that I do at Empowered Publicity for inspirational, spiritual, and children's authors. So I do encourage if anyone feels, well, I should say, if any of your listeners are inspirational, spiritual, or children's authors and would like to be able to receive support 
for sharing their story and sharing their, the release of their brand new book. If they're interested in facilitating a book tour in a specific city of their choosing, if they're wishing to be able to create a virtual media tour, if they, if they want to be able to learn how to be more comfortable in their book skin and their speaking skin, they've never done interviews before, such as like what we're doing right now, and they like to be more comfortable in that energy and that, and that element, if they feel they can benefit from some media coaching and mentoring, and or simply if they would like to be able to share their book on either the Empowered Publicity Children's Book Spotlight Series, which airs every, every Monday at 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific, have had the blessing of interviewing children's authors and illustrators from around the world, ranging from first-time authors to New York Times best-selling authors, as well as the Shining Stars series at Empowered Publicity, where I, where I place the spotlight on our inspiring neighbors all around the world who are helping to make a real difference, a positive impact in the lives of others, just actually next week, I had the blessing of interviewing Gavin Edwards, who is the New York Times bestselling author of Kindness and Wonder, the brand new Mr. Rogers release. I'm actually mm-hmm. super excited because Mr. McFeely from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, he's going to be a special guest on the Shining Star <laughs> series in a couple of oh, weeks. So, so to be able to, to and, and, and I know that you're going to be carrying all the links in the, in, in, in the description of our show, but people can check out Empowered Publicity. They can stay connected with me on, on social media. Face, it's super simple. Facebook and Instagram are both at Empowered Publicity, and Twitter is at Empowered underscore PR. In our, in our brief remaining moments, I want to thank you. I want to thank mm-hmm. you for, for holding this space that you did for me today and the space that you hold for your listeners all around the world each and every week. I also want to take the time to also, because I, I actually did, did feel his presence in the course of, of our interview, is I want to thank Butch, your husband. Oh, God. I want to thank him for sharing, for, for sharing his beautiful life with you and he's still doing it from a specific a specific uh, uh from a from a different place so to speak a much higher place a much more beautiful place than where we are as of right now but the fact that you, you from, from from what you shared in the course of our conversation previously off air you know you had mentioned that it was it was a challenging time in your life and something yeah. beautiful just this beautiful radio show and podcast alone is one of the one of the many amazing things that you have created as the result of that. So I want to thank Butch and I want to thank your family for sharing you with all of us for so many years and still continuing to do so in a different form and fashion. Um, that's so kind and it's so meaningful. And I so appreciate those words of love because certainly I would not be doing this if Butch was still alive. But as you said, he is in there. He uh, he is in there. He will always be in there. We were together 40 years. That's a major part of my life. And for you to be able to say that so eloquently um, is a gift. And it's a gift that I thank you for, and it's a gift that I receive for precisely how you gave it. And um, I want to thank you, Jonathan, for that gift because um, – there's there's often not times when I'm um, without words to speak, but um, that was really a, a lovely, touching way to be able to end this show today. And before you brought me to tears, I wanted to just mention one other thing, that I am a connector. That's one of the things I love so much about podcasting. And I have a friend from high school, Lori Clone Britain, and she has written so several children's books. She lives in Portland, and I will make certain that I connect her and you together to see what partnership she might be able to play as perhaps a guest on your show because not only do people that write children's books have a message, it's when they're read out loud with children that it ex- that relationship between that child and that grandparent or parent or aunt or school teacher, the outwardly ability to read the written word to the child really leaves a lasting impression. I know it did on my children. Good night, Moon. Mm. I can I can just 
I can just tell you the books that my kids clearly remembered, Good Night Moon being one of them. Uh, I mean, it, it's so books are huge, and I just think it's been my pleasure to have you join me. And here's what I'd like to offer. When that time comes, July through September, let's revisit each other towards the end of this year, and let's talk about what ha- what's happening next for you in La Jolla. Maybe we maybe it's our present to each other at the end of the year when things have, have organized. But I would certainly recommend that everyone follow you on your social media. And um, I just I'm grateful for the time you spent with me today. And I know it's um, in that freezing part of Buffalo, New York, where you probably have how much <laughs> snow? How how much snow sitting on your lawn? Is Not lawn? much. I- Honestly, really? it kind of feels like the San Diego weather has 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 been here in Buffalo. We have about four inches of snow, which is not wow. much at all. Like se- several years ago, we had a storm that had about eight feet over the course of <laughs> of a couple of days. Before oh, before we officially wrapped up, I did want to have yes, things sir. officially come full circle with our interview, yes, and I want to share something with with your with your listeners. You know, Marcia does a beautiful job of placing the spotlight on her guests. And you had mentioned in the course of our conversation, this is about you. I want to correct you in the fact that it's not just about me. It's about the both of us. There's a reason why the name of the children's hospice that I'll be opening up in La Jolla is called Walking Each Other Home. I really resonate with the work of Ram Das, who just recently made his oh, transition gosh. over to the other side, the, the beautiful spiritual teacher and you know, avant-garde thinker. <clears throat> and when it comes to, you know, the, the visual and the analogy that he uses that we're all just walking each other home, it's kind of like this, we're all taking these, these steps on the staircase back to heaven. And in different ways and in different instances, we're really doing that. You know, even, you know, the ex-girlfriend or the ex-boss, they're just helping to walk each other home, right? So, you know, in whatever form the experience or the encounter may take, that's what's happening. So I want to thank you for opening up your heart, for holding this space, and for helping to walk me home today, and for helping to walk home all of your listeners all around the world that you do every week. Thank you so much for the time today. Thank you so much. Everyone, have a wonderful, wonderful week. Think about some of those incredible words of Dr. King today. And wherever you are, put a smile on your face and share it with somebody else. And for now, I will say goodbye. Thank you for your time. And I'll be back next week with my guest, Christy Endler. Bye for now, everybody.